You are listening to the Wool Academy podcast. This is episode number 58. Hello and welcome. My name is Elizabeth Van Delden and once a week we talk to an industry expert from the wool industry supply chain from farm to fashion and beyond, delivering strategies and insights to be successful in wool and showcasing those beautiful stories wool has to tell. Today I'm very happy to welcome Chantelle McAllister. Chantelle is a wool handler, a wool classer, as well as a master classer in Australia. Besides her passion for wool, Chantelle is also a very skilled professional photographer. So while Chantelle is working on different farms as a wool classer, she's always documenting life in the shearing sheds with her camera. And this fusion of her two careers has been the inspiration behind her national campaign called The Truth About Wool. And we will talk all about her campaign more in detail in just a minute. But before that, welcome Chantelle. It is so great to have you on the show today. How are you? Uh, I'm very well. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's been yeah great that... Uh, we have the opportunity to talk because you said usually you're in very rural areas where there's not much of an internet connection or not a stable internet connection. But this week you're in Brisbane, so we have the opportunity to talk. Yes, I'm very spoiled. This week. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So yeah, I just gave a very brief introduction. So I would like to ask you to also introduce yourself a little bit more in detail. Yeah, sure. So I am a full-time masterclasser and I'm based in the small Queensland town of Meandara in southern Queensland. So basically I travel around um, southern Queensland and parts of New South Wales with my partner who's also a shearer and we work in the wool sheds probably for about 10 months of the year and um, while I'm wool classing I'm also a professional photographer and I focus all of my photography um, on the wool industry as well. Yeah and when we um, started like I contacted you because of your campaign which we will talk about but then while we were arranging this interview I realized oh wait a minute but I've never actually talked to a wool handler or a wool classer so given that please explain to us what exactly is wool handling and what is wool classing. Sure. So, well, there's a few, a few roles that I actually take on through throughout the year. So, um, I do still do a bit of wool handling, but mainly wool classing. So, wool handling, um, your main um, duties are to sort the wool and to prepare it for sale um, under the supervision of the wool classer. Uh, we also clean up after the shearers because they do make a bit of bit of a mess with the wool sometimes with all their sort of second cuts and locks and we need to sort all that for sale and um, sometimes we even bring the sheep in from outside of the shed up into the pens where the shearers catch up before they're shorn um, and the classer has a, a, a larger role so we also prepare the wool for sale um, but other than that we also grade the wool and um, oh excuse me and this is so we can deliver a product um, to wool buyers that meets market demand at the moment. So we have to also keep an eye on um, market trends and um, what what the world is demanding in wool. Um, we supervise the staff. We sometimes take on an overseeing role of the team. So we keep tallies on the shearers and the staff and 
Um, we also keep a record of the wool bales being pressed and what's leaving the shed. And we work with the wool growers and we advise them on, on the wool market um, where we sort of see where their flock might be able to go better as well. And we work with wool brokers and that's to prepare the wool clip to um, whatever the market is doing at the moment as well. So in other words, nothing really happens without you. Well, I like to think that I'm the boss, but uh, my partner will tell you different. Ah, okay. <laughs> I tell him I'm the boss in the shed and at home. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wonderful. And tell me, I'm always amazed. Obviously, I've seen some wool classing in shearing sheds uh, as well. And I, it, I, I cannot understand how can you actually learn how to identify what wool is what, etc. How do you train for wool classing? Well, yeah, so when you first start out, um, wool does all look the same. I remember in my early wool handling days, well, classes have to start off as a wool handler um, at, at the start of their career and you sort of advance from there. Um, so you sort of learn a lot of the basic sorting and preparing in your wool handling days. Um, but then it sort of, um, it comes from experience. Like I learned, I was lucky enough that my father-in-law is a, wool classer as well so I learned a lot of him and then I actually went and did my official studies through um, the Australian Wool Exchange and through my local TAFE and um, this is where you sort of learn um, the specific sorry specifics of wool so how it's actually the science behind it how it actually grows from a sheep um, and this helps with um, classing the wool out um, and it also sort of you you learn more about um, wool is classed a lot on touch not on sight so that that sort of comes with practice as well and I think being a female with softer hands we have a bit of advantage in the, <laughs> over the men <laughs> oh, okay so as a master classer um, is that then just kind of that you had do you, do you have to do a, a special um, exam for that or how, how do you then become a master classer? Uh, yep, so that's run through the Australian Wool Exchange as well. So once you've um, held your Australian Wool Classing um, certificate or we call it a stencil for three years, um, you then need to be invited by them to come and um, further your studies with them. So we all get um, sent down to Melbourne and down to the wool stores down there, the testing centre, and they basically give you a broader working knowledge on what happens to the wool clip after it leaves the farm gate. So you see it being tested, um, being sold, and you get to talk to wool buyers so you can see um, where the wool is actually going, what it's being used as, and what people are demanding. Um, we also were very lucky to also go through, have a couple of courses in staff management so we can sort of keep our, our shed running smoothly, which is very important as well. Okay, yeah, that sounds really interesting. And I think I will also make sure to put a link to the AWACS website, then people can also look at what is classing and master classing, etc. So, okay, so now yeah, yeah. I've <laughs> now I've learned... Um, from firsthand what exactly wool handling and classing is but now let's talk about your other passion and your other profession so you are also a photographer tell us how that started um i i get asked this question a lot um and i i feel like it, i've always sort of um 
I've been a photographer. I've always was that girl sort of in high school that took um, this is back in the days of disposable like film cameras, <laughs> showing my age a bit here. But I was always that one bringing these, the, you know, the cameras to parties, and um, I was always sort of out in the backyard after school taking photos of <clears throat> my bird or my feet. And so I've always loved it. And my my dad's a photographer, and my mum is very creative as well. So they've sort of influenced me to go down a creative path. And um, Sort of, I grew up in Brisbane, so when I started my life in the wool sheds, it was it was so different for a city girl, and I was so proud of what I was doing. So I started to document it and send photos back to my friends, and then Facebook came along, so I started putting photos on there, and then um, it actually took off a little bit. So I thought, oh, I might actually take this half seriously and upgrade my camera and see if I can't even sort of make a little hobby business out of it <laughs> so um yeah and then it's I sort of got more serious and I started doing it every day I've, I couldn't even tell you how many photos I've taken I think it would be in the hundreds of thousands almost since 2013 um but yeah it's sort of for me I'm, I'm very proud to work in our industry because it's um it almost gives you a a patriotic feeling to work in there every day because it is such a big part of our our culture and our history and it's um can be it's quite an emotional experience for me so to sort of um express that I've found that photography is a good way for me to sort of get that out and um sort of um get other people to feel feel how I feel about about the industry through my photography yeah and I will encourage everyone to have a look at your website because you're images are really amazing but now I guess what you Thank just you. <laughs> yeah it's it's the truth but that leads us to the next topic the truth about wool is your recent project so tell us a little bit how that started um so it started a few a couple of years ago now I started the truth about wool campaign and um I just felt that people didn't know a lot about the wool industry there was a lot of sort of misconceptions about um, how wool was produced or how the animals were treated. Um, I know growing up myself in Brisbane, I had no idea. I sort of thought that um, to get a wool product that you had these old men with blades, you know, almost cutting it off the sheep in this sheepskin format and this would go straight to old women who would knit it into horrible itchy blankets or those terrible woolen jumpers. And that's all I knew till I was met my partner when he was 23 and went to his sheep property. So um, coming sort of from a place like that and then to then being an advocate in the wool industry, I just sort of wanted to um, educate others on, on the wool industry and um, let them see just how great the fibre is and how, how much it has advanced and how compassionate we are and how professional we are at our jobs too. So it's sort of, yeah, spawned from my early days of being a city girl. <laughs> yeah, and like when I I read your the title of your tour, The Truth About Wool, I came up with my own theory why you chose that name, but maybe you tell us how you came up with that name. Um, it took me a while to sort of choose that specific name. So I sort of... I knew what I wanted to portray. I didn't want people to wonder what I was up to. I wanted them to see the name of my campaign and be like, yep, that's her mission. 
And the truth about Will was sort of always the base name that I always had for it because I was sitting there thinking, so what do I want? What do I want to portray? I want to portray what what goes on in the wool industry, the truth about wool. And I tried to make it a bit arty and a bit clever, but I kept coming back to just that simple base name of the truth about wool. So I um, sort of stuck with it and ran with it and it seems to be um, grabbed quite a bit of attention, which has been great. Yeah, so my thought was, and maybe you can add that to your, <laughs> is because when you um, see negative campaigns about the wool industry, they always use the term, the truth about wool, but meaning kind of, you know, whatever they think is not, like, is the truth. Um, so I thought, yeah, you're you're playing actually, you know, you're putting it to the positive and using their kind of claim, but... Um, actually yeah showing the real you know non-fake pictures um so and when i google the truth about wool actually you come up first now on google in my ranking at least here in germany so i think that yeah isn't it great yeah that's pretty <laughs> cool so well done on choosing choosing that theme um yeah it did it's sort of when i was deciding i did i sat on the name for a few weeks um, the few people that I did tell, um, you know, it was sort of 50-50 um, for or against it. And, yeah, I did I did actually Google that phrase, the truth about wool, and all that came up was negative um, imagery and, you know, sensationalized things um, that weren't necessarily whole truths about the industry. So that's sort of – I think that concreted it sort of towards the end for me as well. Like um, I didn't want people – going on there and thinking that was the truth about wool because, well, you know, we're also so busy in the wool industry. We, I don't feel that people have time to sort of update their social media all the time or start a lot of websites um, showing how we work. So, um, yeah, if I could just get it out there simple and basically people type in the truth about wool and our truth comes up then. It's a win-win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well done. And so, but now we kind of know why you you started this project. But how does it? How does the tour and the campaign really look like? What What does your day-to-day -day, uh, activities with the campaign? Um, so basically, the the campaign it has run. Um, I think I started it. It must have been early 2016, and that was with a um, crutching video. Um, my partner Jason and I were crutching our sheep at home, so that's removing the face, uh, the sorry, the wool from around the face um, and around the crutch from the sheep to stop them from um, becoming fly blown um, and from becoming wool blind. And I was just dabbling in a bit of um, videography and. Once I sort of put it all together, I said to him, I wonder if I should just publish this on my Facebook page and make it more of an educational video. So that's sort of um, how it all started. So um, and I just feel like that I do a lot of um, photos every day when I'm working in the wool industry. So um, my social media is actually it's sort of like a bit of a daily blog for me as well. So I'm sort of educating people. Um, on the day-to-day -day through my social media. And then the campaign, it's not run, well, the tour, I should say, isn't run every day. So I've actually um, 
just about to go on maternity leave. So it's sort of ah, congratulations. Sort of a bit of a spanner in the works there. <laughs> Thank you. Wonderful. It's a bit unexpected. So um, uh, the tour has actually been put on hold um, while I go on maternity leave for about five months and then it will start up again in um, August. Um, but, yeah, sort of the basic um, day-to-day of the tour is um, I try to visit one or two properties a day or one or two shearing teams a day and I will just travel to them and I um, hang out with them and um, just photograph them, sort of just what they do, just their lives, what's important to them, what they're trying to achieve um, and get that real sort of authentic, um, their authentic story so I can tell that to the rest of the world as well. And do you travel just within a certain region in Australia or all over Australia? Uh, so, I've, I've, so far I've covered um, parts of Western Australia. So it's more of like the northern wool-growing districts over there. Um, I've covered Tasmania and parts of New South Wales and Victoria. So, so far the tour is probably only about halfway through. Um, I'm not visiting places that... Um, no longer run sheep. So in Australia, the Northern Territory have no more sheep anymore. So I feel like the history of um, the wool industry has been covered and I'm just sort of focusing on the modern day industry. Um, so yeah, I've still got South Australia and other parts of New South Wales and Victoria um, I've got to get back to. And some smaller islands uh, like um, Kangaroo Island, Phillip Island. Yeah, still, some, still got a fair bit, fair bit to go. Great. You get to travel where other people have to take vacation uh, and long-time holidays, but you, you can get around Australia. Just I'm pretty like blessed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I get to see too um, some amazing places that I don't feel that um, other people will ever get to experience. There was a property um, just south of the main island of Tasmania and The little island is called Bruni Island. There's a property on there called Murrayfield. And um, we actually went walking by foot, myself and one of the wool growers. And he took me up to places where only a few people have, have ever walked. So it was um, such an incredible experience. And I've been very blessed to, um, yeah, have, have those parts of people's lives shared with me. And was there one, I mean, this was probably a very special moment, but what is there one moment that you remember that is like your most favorite one so far? Um, I try not to play favorites, but <laughs> um, there was this moment in Tasmania as well. I visited a incredible woman there by the name of Nan Bray, and she's a wool grower, and she also takes her beautiful super fine wool and um, turns it into um, specialty yarn and she has a mob of I think it's around 500 sheep and she has a very holistic way of farming so she took me up to her mob and usually when you go and visit um, a mob of sheep they sort of will instinctively run away from you but she um, has taken on shepherding practices And she, I watched her and photographed her walk through her mob and they just followed her. It was almost like watching Snow White. It was incredible, like over these beautiful hilltops in Tasmania. And then she invited me to join her and um, she sort of led them to the top of this hill and walked away. 
and while I'm used to sheep running away from me, they they just came to me and I sat there, must have been for about 10 or 15 minutes and it was very, it was almost like I was in a meditation and they came up and they sniffed me and they just grazed around me and it was incredibly calming and um, yeah, it's sort of one of my happy places now when I need to go there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that sounds really amazing, and yeah, and yeah, and then it's Incredible. wonderful that you can actually also share that moment on, on at least on pic- picture or on camera, with many more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and maybe can you obviously right now as people are listening to this interview, they cannot really see your images, um, although we'll encourage them to look at them later on- online. But can you maybe describe a little bit? Um, how are your pictures, what they're like? Um, yes, yeah, so I put a lot of um, emotion and feeling into what I shoot. So um, I sort of, uh, I get a feeling about my subject, whether it's um, shooting a, a mob of sort of big, tough-looking rams or a big burly shearer or uh, one of the quiet wool handlers or a a a farmer feeding his sheep, I like to step back for a while and um, sort of feel their vibe. And I try to tell that through my photography in a in a photojournalistic way, but also sort of have that raw emotive feeling. Um, so I use a lot of um, light. The light in a wool shed is the most beautifully soft and incredible light I've ever experienced in my whole life. You've got it bouncing off corrugated iron and iron and being soaked up by wool and bouncing off Shearer's sweaty skin and accentuating their muscles. It's incredible. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I take a lot of um, sort of candid um, shots of people working in the wool industry and I try to portray the compassion they've got for the animals that they work with and um, how much care and love that they have for them as well. Um, also, um the sheep in particular and uh, the landscapes that they live in and um, yeah and of course wool sheds because I'm obsessed absolutely obsessed with wool sheds and the very rustic feel they have so I like to sort of bring that um, authentic experience of that life on the farm to, to anyone who views my work. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, thanks for describing that. And one thing I always wondered, there are some pictures that are taken from above. How do you do these kind of photos? Um, I've recently purchased a drone, so that's been very handy um, for those shots that sort of look right down below. But um, especially in Queensland, we're blessed with very high wool sheds because not that it rains up here a lot, but a lot of the times when it does, it floods. So a lot of our wool sheds are built up very high so um, yeah a lot of my higher shots earlier on my career are just um, thanks to high wool sheds but otherwise I take it a bit easier these days and just put the drone up. (laughs) Yeah actually today um, we published the um, podcast interview with Ben Watts who is talking a lot about drones so it seems to be something that is yeah quite useful also for photographer and Handing sheep as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you can easily move them. I've heard of um, farmers using them to muster their sheep through paddocks as well. So it's they come in quite handy. Yeah, yeah. and and can co- it can cover a lot of distances without having to drive everywhere, mm. etc. 
Okay, um, yes. I have another question. Um, how are the wool growers reacting and what are they, kind of feedback are they giving you when you visit them? Um, their support has just been um, overwhelming. Um, I, they, I feel like they've sort of been um, stuck at how to promote themselves for a long time and the general demographic of farmers, um, you know, working in the wool industry, they're sort of not the generation that was brought up with um, social media or even sort of, you know, these um, big flash cameras and drones. So I think they feel a little bit uh, lost and overwhelmed by everything that the younger generation used today to sort of market their business or market themselves or showcase what they do. So a lot of them are very appreciative that um, I have taken the time to come out and um, photograph their lives and tell their story and um, it's a great feeling that I am able to give themselves or give them a little bit of recognition because a lot of them sort of, you know, they don't get holidays, they don't get weekends, they work from sun up to sundown and it's all, some of them are just doing it for a love job. So <laughs> to sort of, I think to have someone out there um, and sort of, give them a bit of recognition um yeah it's sort of it's very appreciated and um yeah very well supported yeah and what i noticed like um now it's mid-november as we're recording this and you had recently published some photos of a of a wool growers couple and i found that you you on one hand create quite an intimacy that you know people seem they already kind of know now the wood grower through your eyes and at the same time a really human touch so that's what I quite like about your pictures that it's not just like a yeah a picture of a grower it's actually showing much more and, and a real human um yeah an intimate connection yeah thank you and that's that's also what I'm trying to do too I'm trying to sort of put um you know like a face to farmers, um, you know, and sort of um, give them all, because they all have their own stories. Like not everyone was sort of brought up the same way or runs their farm the same way or have the same plans. They're all very unique. Um, so, yeah, and they, they all have their own story to tell. So I'm um, trying try and do that for them. <laughs> yeah, now remember it was the couple with the pet sheep called Seven. Uh, that was one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a character. Yeah. 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 That was a nice story indeed. Okay. And now let's return back to you and you running the tour. But while you are traveling across the country, it's hard for you to also work in the shearing shed. So, how are you actually financing yourself? Uh, so it's mainly self-funded with a large credit card debt, <laughs> um, but I've also got a um, a GoFundMe campaign um, running, which a lot of people have generously donated to. Uh, also, some groups within the wool industry have um, donated donated some money to me, and um, even some of the people I visit. Um, you know, I don't sort of visit and then expect to be paid, but they sort of um, might give me a bit of fuel in my car or just something to keep me keep me going. So the industry itself has been quite generous and um, I think they're backing me a lot so they're um, uh, trying to keep me on the road where they can as well. 
And do you also sell your photos? I do. So all of my photos are available um, from my website. So if you just do all the W's, the truthaboutwall.com, I have an online shop there and you can buy um, prints, canvases and even some um, merchandise uh, from the tour. So hoodies and um, shearing singlets that I also sell to sort of raise a, raise a bit of money as well. Excellent. And we'll make sure to link to your website as well so that it's easy for people to find. And what would be the best social media um, platforms to connect with you? Um, the social media would probably be um, Facebook, but it's under Chantal Renee Photography other than the Truth About Wall, just to make it a little bit confusing. Yes. Otherwise, they can contact me through my Truth About Wall website. Excellent. Yeah, and on, on your website, there's um, also the links to social media and I'll also link to everything in the show notes. Well, Chantel, thank you so much for sharing your story and for sharing the story of so many wool growers in Australia. And yeah, now that we know there's that there's exciting times ahead of you with um, adding another wool enthusiast to the world... I wish you all the best for that and that you then can still go on with the great work that you do. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for your support. Thanks and all the best. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> As I already mentioned several times today, go and have a look at Chantelle's photos online. They are really beautiful. You can find the link to her website as well as her social media connections in the show notes. Head on over to elizabethvandelden.com forward slash 058. Once again, elizabethvandelden.com forward slash 058. Don't want to miss out on any of the future episodes? Then subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher and also like us on Facebook at Elizabeth Van Delden. Thank you and see you next week.